Hey guys, welcome to Debrief after our episode with Lynn Alden. Is this the third or fourth time Lynn has been on, David? Do I have to Google Dude, I this? Think it's, I think it's Lynn the fifth, Alden. Man. What? I don't know. Lynn Alden Bankless. Lynn Alden Bankless. Go search that. It's at least, at least the third. One. Might two, be the fourth. Three, four. It's the fifth. And you, it's the, it's fifth? the fifth? And you said it was so, the best. Uh, are you sure you uh, remember uh, one through two four? Two years ago, the first time we had that, we should talk about the title that, <laughs> debate that we just had. Two years ago, we had her on the first, for the first time, episode 48, Death of Dollar Dominance. Um, then uh, one year ago, we had her episode 76, Inflation in 2021. Then uh, we had episode uh, 127, eight months ago, Is This the End? Question mark. And then we also had her on a debate with Justin Drake. That's the I one I didn't remember. I totally That's forgot one. about yeah. that uh, debate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was uh-huh. very much a proof of work advocate versus um, oh, she Justin She's currently Drake. a very much a proof of work advocate. Yeah. Yes, uh-huh. but um, willing to step up into the debate ring against Justin yeah. Drake, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. um, I really appreciate Lynn on macro yep. dollar dominance. Yep. Like, if there's one person who can explain how the banking system or a central bank works, she's fluent. Yeah, like crazy good at it. On a dime, can mm-hmm. explain the intricacies of it. And um, I've you know that that's why just like part part way through that conversation, I was just like, you know, Fed balance sheet. It's been a while. I'm a little rusty. Let's, let's ask some very basic questions. Explain let's like, it because yeah. I I knew she would be able to just nail that out of the park, and of course she did in incredible detail of like, you know, what's on a Fed balance sheet, um, assets versus liabilities, like what are track, uh, what are treasuries actually backed by, the full history of monetary policy, and like how we got mm-hmm. here. Um, I really enjoyed it, and I think this is. Um, I'll probably go back and listen to it again, and we have now some canonical piece of content on how central banks uh, actually work and are structured, which is really important, I think. Yeah, of all the ones in this series, I feel like this was the most, those ones the most like rational, maybe shoulder to shoulder with Jim Bianco's. Um, but just like, like I said in the intro, like she is able to connect what's happening currently to like, man, we were even able to connect it to like the, the large scale pattern of empires across history. So like again, going into like yo small regional bank crisis, bank stocks are down in the local timeframes. Are going to have a really hard time uh, becoming profitable. Oh, by the way, you understand how the the Roman Empire collapsed, right? Because like we can connect these dots, uh, and like that's that's one like thing that I'm I kind of proud of at what we do at Bankless, along with the guests that we bring in, is we help connect very very distant dots and lynn just makes that job so easy yeah well you know I, the reason we connect dots is because i feel like i want to connect them for myself i mean like like right. i said yeah of course oh this just podcast being selfish guys <laughs> yo we do this for ourselves like when we do this for ourselves <laughs> we are learning like we are yeah. on this journey and trying to understand the world and trying to understand crypto's place in the world and this is uh this is how we, we level up we just hit record before we do and it, it helps us um as a community because if we didn't have a, a community of bankless listeners if like no one listened to the bankless podcast we wouldn't i mean guests wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't come on our podcast right. would they just have right. a nice we conversation time to this would be like a side gig not a main gig yeah so we all benefit this is you know and but but this very much is a an exploration and a journey i, I want to ask you something um about this because this was a, a piece that was interesting for me to consider in this episode 
um, the idea that, and I'd heard this in various forms, but it kind of sunk into me, it hit differently this time is what I would say, is the US losing its reserve currency status is a good mm-hmm. thing for the US, mm-hmm. right? right? This idea, I'm not saying I agree with it, I wanna ask you what you think about it, but like the idea that we have no strong way to get out of the you know wealth inequality, tearing of the social fabric, trap that we're in right now in the United States, and it's I'm looking down the barrel of a gun because it's only going to get worse, right? Mm-hmm. Like if the Fed prints, it gets worse. If you go into a recession, it gets worse. If there's stagflation, it gets worse. Like all all signs point to wealth inequality getting worse. I there's no there was nothing in this episode or any of the episodes we've done lately which is like let me tell you how the U.S. economy is going to grow. All of the amazing growth catalysts. Uh, catalysts ahead we have this you know technology and maybe that's guest selection maybe there's someone out there david we should bring on to just give us like the bull case for how the u.s and western liberal democracies grow their way out of the 1920s we should probably add that to our list i don't know who that would be but add that to our list. the thing is like even if there i'm sure there's someone ai tech it's got to come from just tech because right? there could be someone for anything right kind of in the same way that like if you want to make an argument i can find you a research paper sure yeah like, that, that exists like doesn't mean it's right yeah yeah no i get i get it but you have to kind of like getting all the perspectives that's a perspective we haven't uh given as much airtime, but um we probably should just to go on our journey together anyway yeah that aside next we can do flat world theory (laughs) i'm kidding (laughs) okay i just that's not gonna be on my journey i just don't care like wanna you know entertain that but you're getting we're getting distracted here okay so what the point i was trying to make is the idea that uh loss of the dollar reserve currency status is a right. good thing for America. Right. That's like very uh, counter. Like, oh, America number two? No, 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 no. No, like that, right. that can't happen. Like, that's a that's a bad thing. Um, right. But the idea that, like, man, it totally has hollowed the U.S. out, hasn't it? Right. Over the past 40 years. Just right. like we got... Well, it's, it's also a source of, like, just uh, social instability, right? Right. Because, like, the, the idea of uh, the United States having the dollar world, world reserve currency is really nice for us when we are on the up and up because we get to buy things for free like for the ever since world war ii up until like 2008 there was a book i read um the global minotaur such a good book oh my god uh, like really helped like place What's 2008 in the global minotaur um it was like the the 2008 was the slang of the Minotaur. The, the story of the Minotaur is like the Minotaur has like this dude like locked in his maze and he can't get out. The labyrinth. Uh, but, and the, lab, the labyrinth, yeah. Uh, and once you slay the Minotaur, the guy can get out. The, the guy represents like freedom and the Minotaur represents dollar dominance, dollar hegemony. And the 2008 was the thing that slayed the Minotaur. It's not a instantaneous thing. Like you got the guy just does immediately run out of the, the, the labyrinth. It takes time to get out of the labyrinth, but they can leave. And so ever since 2008, 2008 was like the sign of like, oh, that was the peak of America. And in, now it's on the decline. And, it, and Lynn said this, like it takes a while for things to turn over. So like, you know, 2008, we had, we've had bull markets since then but not in the dollar and not in rural towns. Remember when we had Balaji on, he was like, whatever since 2008, the rural areas got poor and the cities got rich. Like that's a huge, it's part of the social division. And so like, this is a symptom of us turning over. And so like Lynn Alden said, like, it'd be really nice if we could gracefully elect 
to, as a country, not have the dollar as a dominant so that we could, as we are turning over, revitalize our economy because that will catch us and that will catch the, the net effect of the bad. But uh, what you're saying is like, man, like, uh, you know, the, the loss of the dollar dominance is counterintuitive for that to be a good thing. But what's going to happen is we're going to do capital controls. And uh, just like over simplistically, like I'm talking to like some longevity researchers here at, at this event that I'm at, and they are unequivocally like the FDA is holding this entire ability of doing like longevity research back. And like, so I'll put on my Eric Voorhees, the reason why I said that, the reason I'll put on my Eric Voorhees cap is like, any regulation is always bad for people. So if we do capital controls, it's bad for people. It's it's good for the military industrial complex. It's bad for the actual people that comprise these things. Uh, and But like, you know, the average Joe Schmo on the street, like doesn't care about or know to care about these things. And so like the, the, they don't, it's, it's a hard connection to make to say that, Hey, if we let go of the role of dollar supremacy and we lose our ability to finance our like billion dollar M1 Abrams tanks and F-35 fighters. And if we don't have those things, the net effect of that is that main street actually gets some investment. Uh, like that, that's, it might be the only way out. It really yeah. might, but but like it's painful at first. And even Lynn said this. And I, I would, if we had even more time with Lynn, I probably would have asked her how specifically it's painful, like like what kind of happens um, at at the start. It, it might be things like, um, uh, you know, the thirty year fixed rate mortgage. That's kind of like a you know a product of the U.S. Like, they don't have that in, in other countries. Not not to this extent. We can kind of lock and stuff like that it's many things that would change and change is scary and change is hard and also being number two is hard and no one likes to feel like they are part of a um a declining empire do they but but maybe this is not like maybe americans shouldn't see it in this way maybe they should see it as sort of like a well, we're going back to the mean <laughs> like things were like out of balance in the world and and like um there is a peak somewhere um, and maybe we're just trying to revert back to the mean here. But I, I, I want to ask you about this because um, I'm feeling an interest, David, in doing an entire episode about this at this point. And I don't know who to have it with. Uh, um, what's his name? Russell. He's on um, Dimitri Kofinis' podcast. You know who I'm talking about? Mm. He might be someone mm -hmm. to do it. Anyway, let me give you the topic. Capital controls. What yeah, does that yeah. practically look like? Michael Howell? Maybe. I if if any bankless citizens know of a good guest to talk about capital controls and i'm talking about like well you and i were just discussing this the other day on the roll-up which is i asked you the question do you think the the u.s will ever make crypto illegal and your your gut reaction was no then when you heard sort of the steps towards making something illegal right. yeah that's what i wasn't considering is the right steps. which is yeah. like what i was the saying was frog, like the yeah. steps is well well operation choke point what is that we're, we're sort of veering on the edge of some sort of capital control and then they slowly make it harder to withdraw your um crypto from an exchange how hard would that be you go to the centralized exchanges in the united states and you say uh, sorry, you know that button where you withdraw, you, you enable your customers to withdraw to um, their own wallet. Yeah, I'm gonna need you to not like limit not do withdrawals that. for day it's to right. the day, or like just limit the amount. Destination, yeah, yeah. Do all sorts of things, right? And then slowly squeeze it out until eventually, maybe at the long end of the run, you could kind of make it illegal. But what does what do capital controls look like? Um, 
I think that Lynn said this in the podcast again, as a country gets into more and more debt, these sorts of avenues become uh, much more um, necessary. I don't want to say necessary right. because they're not necessary, but like you have to, the only way you can inflate the debt away is if you trap people in your existing system or get them to buy your, um, so to <laughs> your bad money. Take the bearer, the, to take the brunt of the uh, depreciation, the devaluation. Devaluation. Like they have to hold dollars and take the devaluation. You have to take the pain collectively together. And right. if there's some right. people who defect too early and right. don't take the pain along with the rest and mm-hmm. maybe get very wealthy while the others are, right. are left to like, like that has societal fracturing issues itself right. and just kind of doesn't work. So right. what do you do? You have to block all of the exits, don't you? Um, but again, that own that benefits that doesn't benefit the people. If all the people defect at once to Bitcoin, who loses? The military industrial complex probably loses first, right? Like, who, what what other parties actually take the pain? Well, I think the people who take more pain are the people who like wait longest to. Oh, who like I guess I guess system. we can't collectively like coordinate and be like, okay, we all get. We all paid the same price for Bitcoin and we all defected at the same time. That's what, I guess it's a, the, well, so that's, that's the conversation that we had is like, you can't have a run on the federal reserve, a run on a global run on the bank. Cause what that looks like is like everyone sells their dollars for anything else. And so like, that is what that looks like is everyone just sells dollars. And so for yen, the, the yuan, uh, those are the same things. Uh, yeah, Japanese, Japanese yen, Chinese yeah, yuan, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Bitcoin, Ether, right? Just like it, rats flee the ship, and that's what like the capital controls are. Is like, no, you can't flee. Yeah, but I guess if like if everyone gets to flee in different directions, like some buy gold, some buy Bitcoin, some buy Ether, some buy other fiat currencies, some buy real estate, then then in like I think that's probably the way to mitigate the most pain, which is what Lynn Alden's saying about having a multipolar currency world. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe there's no way to mitigate all the pain, right? Maybe you just kind of like this is sort of the ball. I go back to this this whole series, the Balaji versus Ben kind of argument, because these are the most extreme cases. But this is sort of the the crux of the argument you see arguments of capital controls. Um, Ben is saying um, you're fleeing to the lifeboats, but that's not going to hold everybody, and people are going to people are going to drown. And, you know, his comment, like his comment from the interviews, you, you can't cross the Atlantic on lifeboats, right? And so he's like, it's immoral. Like flat out saying it's immoral, it's wrong. It's unethical mm-hmm. for you to sh- shout on the ship, everybody go to the lifeboats when you know. Fire, fire yeah, in the theater. Exactly. When you know that um, the alternative isn't going to be able to house everyone. And by the way, you get incredibly like, wealthy wealthy if you're first on the life if you're first on the lifeboats and you get everybody in the coordination game to come to lifeboats so ben saying this is immoral like calling balaji a liar whereas balaji is over here saying um how do you have a right ben hunt to try to block the exits here you're trapping us all in this theater you see the fire right and like we all know that this fire is here, and here you are barring the exits. Right? How dare you? How yeah. dare you? Like I, I mean, people are going to suffer, and we can't save everyone, but we can save some people. And so, you know, get to the life. Save my right? Twitter followers. <laughs> listen to the to the bit signal. Yeah. So, so this, this is why, like, I think Bology is right, except for the ninety days. Right. Everything that he is saying is correct. 
except take 90 days and make it like 90 months, which is what Bianco said. Kind of, yeah. Kind of. I mean, he's right, but like maybe there's... He, he talked about the inflation of the dollar. He talked about the appreciation of crypto assets. He talked about capital controls. He said, yeah. get your money out of the system. He just said it differently. These are all the things that more we loud, just talked about. He said it more loudly. He, he put a time, yeah. a very short time range on it. Right. Um, he maybe said it to some would say more divisively or something. Mm-hmm. Um, it was more... The, he uh, led with a bet, which was just like a bad choice, but it worked from a marketing stunt, even though he says he wasn't doing a stunt. I mean, I'm I'm coming out of all of this um, uh, unchanged, and I think there was a question on the roll-up of like, hey, did the Balaji episode or this set of episodes right. change your portfolio composition? I'm like, right. um, I can't be any more bullish crypto, so right. what am I gonna do? Buy a different fiat <laughs> currency because it's gonna appreciate versus the dollar? No, right? <laughs> like, if I mean. This is what I say. No matter what happens, and even uh, the, here's the interesting thing, uh, um, you know, scenario for you in the in the world of capital controls, right? People are like, you shouldn't buy crypto because the U.S. is going to ban it. There's going to be capital controls. Like, by the time it gets that bad to that point, do you know what the price of crypto is going to be? Right, Bitcoin will be a million dollars. If there's even a whisper of, remember that SpongeBob beam meme that we we saw in the roll up the other day where you squeeze. Right this spongebob sponge and he just like he's smiling and he's he just he he just just pops pops out yeah if they if there's even a whiff of that if there's a kind of a a, like a major government threatening that the price of these assets is going to absolutely skyrocket relative to fiat yeah and so that's like the end game problem of them making it illegal but like expect a you know 25x or 50x or something between now and then is the way I think about it. Bullish. Even bullish Bitcoin. <laughs> I bull, bullish Bitcoin inside of this environment. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's all good for I mean, the I'm world, I've always though, been David. bullish Bitcoin. Uh, we just play inside of crypto, so I'm like, yeah, but Ether too. Uh, so are we are we doomers? Is, uh, is crypto just a bunch of doomers? That's because that's well, weird. I mean, is that this has always vibe? been our... Yeah, it's always been the vibe. We just say it positively. Instead of saying instead of our like the traditional bitcoin focus is like the world's going to shit by bitcoin we're like uh smart contracts and human coordination uh is going to make a utopia world also the world's going to shit <laughs> <laughs> just like we, we just lead with the good thing yeah and yeah. we have a solution which bitcoiners don't really have a solution other than bitcoin which is they claim that the second order effects are positive it creates like more investment, uh, more like sound investment, et cetera. And so they say like, because of Bitcoin, positive second order effects. And I kind of think that's a, that's a cop out uh, because you don't actually just have the tools to do it. Yeah. That's good, man. Well, I, I think that for good me, episode. that um, that concludes it. I'm good for now. Till the next bank mm-hmm. run, till the next big macro blow up. Until the next bank run. Well, the thing is, is like, you know, remember how Lynn Alden was saying like, uh, we were a different episode that we had with her. Um, she was like, yeah, we're going to have like punctuated equilibrium yes. of inflation, right? Yep. Inflation's going to come and then it's going to go flat and then it's going to come. I feel yep. like that's going to be what it's going to be like with banks. It's like, uh, okay. okay, a few more banks went, went broke. Uh, fast forward six more months, like, oh, we're good. Oh, a few more banks just dropped off, dropping like flies slowly over time. And then their things are good for a while. And like, oh, we get another set of banks that are insolvent. I, it's probably going to be like that. Yeah, it could be, definitely. I, I just, I think, uh, you know, the eyes are on the Fed, really, of what they're what they're going to do. I, I just yeah. I don't see a world that, where they can ratchet up uh, much further, if any further. And yet, David, 
this is still kind of still a lingering macro question to me is they are even more stuck between this rock and the hard place because how do they kill how do they break the back of inflation if if the economy is now turning towards recession they certainly can't raise rates in that environment Mm -hmm. so if you have like people losing jobs in recession and also inflation like that is not a very happy prospect um and that maybe is the big worry but like we've gotten all the opinions out there we've looked at this from all angles so now we just have to sit and wait and no matter what um i'm just it looks like the portfolio that i have today um is going to continue to like be the portfolio it's already that positioned for this it's wow it's as if we saw the patterns regardless of the actual events it's as if we've seen these patterns and been talking about them for years now there's kind of an element of that didn't you say that in your arthur hayes right. episode it's like the destination right. was known it's just the journey right. that's the question yeah. and how yeah, we yeah, get yeah. there who knows but the destination yeah. um still feels fairly certain to me and and so that's um you know crypto being kind of the the asset to hold this decade still remains true no matter you know where, where the journey takes us next right there you all go right. all right man that was it guys that's been the debrief thanks a lot cheers